66 days, guys. 66 days. That is how long on average it takes to build a habit. And do I have something amazing for you? The 6570 family project has the most fun, most productive, most forward momentum family challenge ready for you to start right now today. There are four daily tasks that will grow your mind, clear space for mental wellness, Amen for that, right? And bring gratitude to the surface, even on the most challenging days. There are three weekly tasks that will spark fun, adventure, and massive connection within your family. It is literally a win, win, win all around. And you will have the 6570 team right alongside you for resources, questions, and directions. So you guys go grab this. It is absolutely free. Go grab the 6570 Family Challenge and get started right away. Everything you need, including trackers and journal pages, can be found at NellieHarden.com slash challenge. That, again, that is NellieHarden, N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com slash challenge. Go there right now, go grab it and get started today. I cannot wait to see what happens with you and your family after going through this challenge. Hello, and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy. Come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics, and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents, and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sipping iced tea on the front porch mama, who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project, let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 6570 Family Project Podcast. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about this week because this this week is going to touch on a subject that is so near and dear to so many of our hearts as adults, as a kid. I work in the community and uh, with young teens, preteens, and They think they are so unique in that friendship, which is what we are really diving into today, is only hard for them. They're like, you guys are adults. You you already have this friendship thing down. And we're like, oh, no, we do not. And friendship quirks and and, uh, finding that friend and being able to find time for that friend and really invest in those um, friendships, being hurt in friendships sometimes, um, all of that still happens, right? But when we are teaching our kids about friendship, setting that firm foundation of what a friend is, how to be a good friend, how to find a good friend, all of that is solidified into that cement of their foundation that we are building as architects 
family architects in the beginning of their life in these first 6,570 days. And that's what we're going to dive into today. So can I just like outwardly say, first off, friendship is hard, right? Excuse me. I need to. All right. I've been talking a lot this morning, obviously. So friendship is hard. And I don't mean that having a friendship is hard, although that can be sometimes getting friendships can be hard, right? Finding the right people can be hard and not everyone is going to be your friend and certainly not your best friend. And we'll dive into that a little bit, but really funny. Uh, I grew up, I was watching little house on the prairie a lot, and, uh, I've seen every single episode. I watched them when I was a kid. We rewatched them with our kids. Um, and we read all the books, all the things, but when I think of difficulty in finding friendship, what comes to mind first, Nellie Olson. And of course my, my namesake has to be in there as well, Nellie. Um, so yes, Nellie Olson comes to mind when I think of difficult friendships and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen them, they do end up as friends as adults, but whoo, when they were children, that was rough. Uh, right now, we're re- re-watching The Wonder Years with our kids and even seeing that dynamic between um, uh, Kevin and Paul, right? And then even Winnie Cooper and all of these things. And then all the other people that are coming in and out of their lives, those, those three are pretty constant. But seeing all the other people coming in and out and even the dynamics between them, friendship is hard, worth it, hands down, but hard, yes. And a trick today, or what's made it tricky today is that we have gotten way more emotionally aware of self. Okay. I mean, I I look at shows like the wonder years, which I feel like is such a great depiction of what was happening in the late sixties, especially in suburbia. Um, I talked to my parents about what was happening during that time and friends of ours. And it really seems that back then it was very much just get up, dust off your pants and go, right? Which isn't as much of the case today, especially with our kids and what they're being taught and this emotional awareness that has swung the pendulum a little bit um, uh, far to the other side, right? I do believe in emotional will, uh, awareness for sure, but also not being so, so, so caught up in it that we're lingering on it and we're talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And all of a sudden, someone that made a bad comment about you last Tuesday is now why you're staying in bed this Friday, right? Because you just can't get over it. And I've I've seen it all over the spectrum, especially with all the families that I've worked with. But I think it's tricky because we've gotten way more emotionally aware of self now, which is good, but we've become less emotionally sensitive and aware of others. And that's not such a great combo, right? And I mentioned it in a previous episode, but there was that commercial that says, if you're not us, then you're basic, right? And I think that's a great depiction of what we're talking about. This commercial was this you know, very, very, uh, you know, out there colors, standing on pedestal, shouting from the rooftops kind of thing. And if you're not that, then you're basic. And I was like, well, they're, then they're calling out other people's personalities and saying, I mean, if someone says I'm basic, it basically means 
I'm not good enough. Right. And so it's this weird conundrum that we've, we've created within our world, um, especially in America and in some of the um, other countries over in Europe. And I see this in Australia and different things like that is we've become way, 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 way uh, emotionally sensitive and aware and lingering and being able to define and being able to really hone in on what we're feeling, but we've become also less emotionally invested in others. So it's kind of, it's, it makes friendship that much more tricky. And then of course we have a pandemic that's thrown in there. Right. And that all caused weird ripples in friendships that no one saw coming or was prepared for, right? You had a friend at the beginning of the pandemic, then everyone was in quarantine. And when you returned, you had grown apart and you weren't friends anymore. I saw this happen over and over and over with uh, kids in elementary, middle and high school. And that was really hard for them to try to grasp, right? And when they returned, everyone was a new student, right? And they had been gone for practically a year, right? And everyone was a new student at that point. Um, and kids are naturally desperate for friendship as they grow. That is a totally normal thing because they feel like their family has to love them, right? They don't really realize yet that it's a choice that we make every single day to wake up and love them. Um, just like with our spouses, with anything else, you choose love, right? And uh, they don't fully understand that yet. So they want to be around people that choose to care about them. And I can completely understand that coming from, oh my goodness, you guys, I was a boy crazy. Um, I almost said magnet. I, it was definitely not a magnet. I was, I was just boy crazy. I have this ruler, uh, you know, the old timey, like wooden rulers, uh, 12 inches long. And for some reason, I don't even know why on the back of this ruler became this diary of all the boys I've loved before. Right. I love so-and-so I love Mark. I love Nick. I love Chad. I love, uh, Bruce. I love this, or I love that. And it was just so funny. I'm talking from like second grade on. And I found it not too long ago. And I felt like I just had to like finish the ruler. You know, I had to write, I love Brian, which is my husband. And so the ruler made a complete uh, round of the sun, so to speak. And everyone's, everyone's on there and it's a, it's a crowded ruler. <laughs> but, and did I have attention from, uh, 95% of those boys? No, 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 no. In fact, there was this time in middle school and this came up in a story. Um, when I was talking with one of my daughters this week, because one of her friends had some major drama when it comes to a boy that she liked. And Anyway, I remember when I was in middle school, I really had a crush on this guy, like super crush. And he found out about it. You know, this is circa 91. Um, and he found out about it and then made this big spectacle about it. And we met at the lockers and then he did, and he was popular. I was not popular. <laughs> I'll just put it that way for whatever reason. I don't even know. I was, I had like uh, straight hair and curly bangs and up to my ears, I was wearing Pee Wee Herman sweat. Like it was, it was just not pretty friends. It was not pretty. So 
setting the stage. He's popular and I am not, but he found out I liked him. He's like, let's meet at the lockers. So we do. And I show up and I am, as you can imagine, like excited to the moon that he wants to talk to me. And I was like, maybe this is my Cinderella moment, right? Oh no. Oh no. He shows up and he's like, so I found out, you know, that, uh, you like me. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, who do you think you are to think that someone like me would like someone like you? Bam. Mic drop, walk away. What? Yes. I survived that. We can survive anything. But my point is, um, that I was looking for people that chose to like me outside of my family. It wasn't just people that, okay, I know my mom likes me. My brother and sister are nine and 11 years younger than me. So they of course like me because they just, you know, like anyone that'll give them a cookie at that point. And so I knew at home I was, I was liked, um, but I wanted to find people that, that chose to like me and friendship was the same way. I had just a couple of good friends. We, we moved and I found a couple more good friends. Um, and then things changed again. And it really wasn't until high school that I really started establishing and understanding what a real friend was, but I want to talk to you guys so that you can for yourselves and, and for your kids really start to have these conversations because if they are having trouble in the friend realm, right? It can really lead to a lot of inward um, issues that they're having. I know my very, very, very best friend, childhood friend, we lost touch after I moved and there was this period of time that we didn't see each other. And then we caught up with each other again, randomly at SeaWorld in Ohio, even though we both lived in Michigan. And it was years after we had moved away. I want to say three And we started talking again and, and getting together and, and everything. But I, you know, even then I always felt like I was the one chasing and I never wanted to feel that way. Um, and it, that was probably my own internal monologue and it wasn't even the case. We just cared for friends differently, but the point is that you're always looking and I want to share with you how to be a friend first, right? That you, first of all, we have to go and uh, try out a bunch of people. We need to friend date, so to speak. Now don't use that term with your first grader, second grader, or even, you know, 10th grader, whatever, but we really do need to go on this process of just sifting through. Right. And that takes spending time with people to see if they're the right fit. And what you want to do first though, when you're sifting through these people is be a friend, right? You can't, attract friends. If you're not being a friend and what does that look like? It looks like kindness, compassion, respect, and trust, right? Those are some really, really good ingredients to friendship. I mean, think of some of your best friends that you've ever had in your life, kindness, compassion, respect, and trust right? Were those in there? Now, sometimes we have those friends, especially in our past. I was talking to someone about this the other day and they were just the fun friend, right? They were the crazy wild, always have something up their sleeve friend, but they weren't the, I'm in trouble. I'm really sad. Can you come over and help me out? Or, uh, you know, the, the quintessential, uh, I have a dead body that we need to bury friend. Right. Um, so were they really a friend or were they just a fun distraction? Right. So again, kindness, compassion, respect, and trust. So 
okay, great. I'm meeting all these people. I am being as, you know, as your, as yourself or your child, um, they're being kind, compassionate, respectful, and, and trustworthy, but how do you know when it is right? How do you know, okay, this could, we could go to the next level of friendship, right? I'm not talking the beef fry and St. Ends, you know, anyone that, uh, <laughs> lives in my era, we had those best friend necklaces and you split them apart and it said best friends when you put them together. But yes, it was the beef fry and the St. Ends. Um, but anyway, uh, how do you know when it is right? Well, you feel better when you're around that person, right? That person amplifies the best parts of you. That person amplifies the best parts of you. This person will be with you no matter who is in the room. That is a huge one. You guys, we have a lot of fair weather friends, and this is something that I've run into a lot with my kids. And it is so painful every time these, these kids that come around and they're like, oh, well, I'll be your friend when we're alone. But then when we're out and about, or I see you at a get together or something like that, I'm going to keep you at arm's distance. And it's so painful for my kids. And Oh, it just, my, you know, with my younger three, well, all of my kids being homeschooled for a time and my younger three for seven years now, when they find a friend, they are very excited about that friend. We have them over, we wine and dine, you know, we do all the things and they, I have such a great time, but one, uh, my youngest daughter, for example, there was this, um, young woman that was coming over to our house, um, in their, uh, late elementary school coming over to our house and they were, um, you know, many, many sleepovers, many, many dinners, all of this, having a great time. And then we went to a kickball game and that young lady did not, she saw my daughter, uh, I waved and you know, everything. And she never came over to say hello. She was with her other friends, you know, air quotes there. And my daughter started making up all these excuses. Well, maybe she was busy. Well, you know, maybe she didn't see me. Um, I think she was just maybe, uh, maybe something happened, you know, that day or what have you. And although all of those things might be true, and I always want to give the benefit of the doubt, I also have to be a realist with my daughter in saying, well, if this is the way that she behaves when other people are around, then she's probably not a really good friend, right? those fair weather friends, I'll be with you during some conditions, but not during other conditions. That's really hard. So again, how do you know, um, if it is a right fit, that person will be with you no matter who is in the room or out on the kickball field. Um, number four, you feel safe around them, right? And you do not have to change who you are for them, or even do like a little white lie about yourself in order to feel cool or feel uh, like you need to impress them, right? You can just be yourself and keep in mind, not everyone is going to fit. I mean, think about how many people have gone through your fingers in your life, right? Not everyone's going to fit. We all have different personalities, ideals, uh, logistics, even, especially when kids are little, uh, one of my friends lived an hour away because we had, uh, she had moved out of the neighborhood. Logistics can play an effect on that, right? Looking for those fair weather friends, those red flags, right? Um, and then make sure they return that kindness, compassion, respect, and trustworthiness, right? Um, 
there's no stipulations on your friendship, i.e. I will be your friend if blah, 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 blah. We were just watching Edward Scissorhands uh, the other day and, um, oh, what is her name? The the daughter in, uh, in the show, I'm missing her name right now. She was in Beetlejuice and everything too. Um, but anyway, so she was dating this guy and he said, uh, if you, if you love me, this is what you will do. Right. And her friends too, were like, come on, come on, come on. So it was, if you are my friend, then you will do this right. Stipulations on there. And I really do encourage you to watch the texts. And if you are like, what, uh, look at their, look at their phone and all of that, go back to episode 18 and listen to all of that about do I, or don't I watch their phone, but we do. And for good reason, and go back and listen to episode 18 and then make up your own mind. But I do recommend watching the texts. Um, because if you start to see this new friend or new or old friend, but this friend or your child bad mouthing people, bad mouthing your child, right? Or this person is putting your family down and your kid doesn't feel like they can um, defend, right? Because then they won't have that friendship anymore. There's a lot of, of cogs that happen and are going along in this. And we want to make sure that the relationships that they are really spending time on and investing in are giving them that kindness, compassion, and trust and everything back as well. So obviously along with that, you don't want a friend quote unquote, influencing your child to do things that they were taught otherwise, right? We have drugs and alcohol. We have sexual behavior, gossiping, even being mean, um, lying, uh, cheating, luring them into just behaviors that they wouldn't normally do. And again, saying that the, the stipulations, if you were my friend, you would do this, right? We don't want that. And you aren't going to know that that's happening unless you're having conversations and you're checking in, right? And lastly in there, you know, keep in, in my keep in mind list that I have is you are not BFFs, best friends forever after just a couple of times, right? When, when kids are little and they go to kindergarten on day one, they will come home that night and say, I have four best friends, right? And that is great. And they're just learning about this whole nuance of, of friendship and what that is, but best friends really take time to build and to percolate and to see what's there and build trust over time. Trust isn't something that is just like, oh, here you go. I absolutely trust you with everything in my life, right? Um, It's something that is built over time and you can't jump the gun. So when you see your uh, middle schooler or high schooler, even late elementary schooler, and they're like, oh, I really think I found a best friend. That's time to pump the brakes a little bit. Have those conversations of, well, what makes them a best friend? What makes them such a good friend? Are they, you know, are they building trust in you? Are they, um, I'm sorry, are they uh, giving you trust, right? Do you have trust in them? Are they kind? I love Brene Brown um, in her books. I think I've read the same story in like four of her books, but they had a marble jar in one of her daughter's classrooms. And in the marble jar, uh, the teacher would put in different things that um, if the class 
you know, was polite or if someone in the class was polite or what have you. And one day her daughter came home and said, our whole marble jar was empty today because evidently someone in the, someone did something. It might've even been her daughter. Um, and people just started making fun of her and were super rude. And the whole marble jar was emptied. And so Brene was having a talk with her daughter. And, um, she said that she has a marble jar friend and Brene said, well, how does that, how, uh, how is she a marble jar friend? Right. This was probably elementary school. And she said, well, she, when we were at the baseball game, she knew the name of my grandparents. Right. So what does that show? It shows she's paying attention. She cares enough to remember. She cares enough to ask about how they're doing and their names, right? And so that's what I'm talking about. How is this relationship growing? And we want to actually experiment with it for a while. We want to really spend time and invest in it for a while before we are just slapping them on with a stamp on their forehead saying, oh, they're my best friend, right? With that label. And real friendships are precious and very few in life. And a lot of people, a lot of kids don't realize that because they think, oh, everybody has to be my friend. And if you're not my friend, I'm a failure somehow, which isn't, you know, couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, as adults, look back on how many people you have had that have been truly, truly friends of yours. I'm sure that you could fit it on a like one inch by one inch paper, honestly, it's just how many people have truly been there and been your friend with kindness, compassion, respect, and trust. And most childhood friendships don't leave childhood, right? Social media has changed that, uh, that game, honestly, in a big way. Um, but they, they dwindle into acquaintance uh, mode instead of friend mode or from best friend to friend, right? or what have you. Um, and the only difference between that is that they don't know a lot about you, um, anymore and what's going on in your life. I will say though, I have friends from my childhood that I've known my whole life that if I picked up the phone right now and talked to them, we would be able to, you know, rekindle a, a discussion and talk and feel like we just melted right back into our common tracks of being those really, really, really close friends. And I love, love them dearly. Um, but so it's just kind of funny how social media has done that. How many, uh, high school friends or college friends or what have you, do you have that you didn't have, uh, before it's kind of funny uh, just through social media, but as parents, we can change or we can encourage friendship exploration and talk to them about how their friends are treating them and really uh, fulfilling rocks. So in our family, we have one rule and one rule only, and it can be reiterated just like this. If I look at one of my kids and say rocks, they know exactly what I'm talking about, R-O-C-K-S, and it is respect, obedience, compassion, kindness, and self-discipline. And in even in respect, we have self others time and property, but we have gone over it so, so, so many times in our family that they know rocks. Right. And so we just ask them, so are, is this person, you know, showing rocks? Um, how are they representing in their rocks? Right. And so friendship is one of those inevitable impacts of childhood, how they feel about it, how they, how they approach friendship, how they explore friendship. 
it will echo through all of their days forward as their foundation, hands down. And helping them find, identify, and curate these great friendships is one of the greatest gifts that you can give them in their first 6,570 days of childhood. It really is. So before I let you go today, I just want to reiterate that friendship is a beautiful, wonderful thing that needs to be encouraged and just start that process, get to know more people, be a friend. And so you can find friends that you can have as well and encouraging your child so that you can build in them. So when they're 35 years old and they want to start a new friendship, they understand how to do that, right? Because of what was established in their first 65, 70 and how they can go out there, they can friend date, they can uh, have that respect and compassion and kindness and trust with other people. And they can develop friends lifelong uh, throughout their entire lives, even when they're 90 years old. (laughs) Um, But I want to say this is your last chance. uh, If you're listening to this in the real time, we have a new year check-in for the 2021, 2022 break um, and uh, um, transformation, uh, going transition. That's what I'm looking for going into. And I really, really want you guys to take a look at this and print it out one for each family member, sit down, take 15 minutes, reflect on what happened in 2021 and what you want to have and have happen in 2022. It's a beautiful thing when a family can come together, give accountability and just plan their future and goals. It's a beautiful thing. So go and grab that nellieharden.com slash happy new year. This is, it'll only be up there for a few more days. And I want, I don't want you to miss out. Okay. You guys remember you are the architect of their beginning. Happy building my friends. And I will talk to you very soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that wanna love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, nellieharden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you love the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.